means to be in the house of the Lord on tonight. If you love the Lord, let's give him a big love deposit. It is a distinguished privilege and an honor tonight to welcome you to this second night in this protractive effort as we have endeavored to proclaim the glorious, glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As I've done on uh, previous nights, so do I again tonight. Uh, from the depths of my heart, I want to cordially welcome those of you that are visiting with the Harvey Church of Christ. We've had a wonderful time with all of our visitors beginning on Sunday all the way to tonight and we just would feel remiss in our responsibility if we did not impress upon you our sincere gratitude and our appreciation for, for, for grafting out the time uh, of your schedule to come out and to grace this audience with your presence. So on behalf of the great evangelists of the church, uh, these great leaders here at the Harvey Church of Christ in this august membership, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, taking the time to be with us on uh, tonight. I want to uh, ask you, if you will, to pray for a cousin of mine. I, I say this every time I come here. You, you drop Sister Shabazz and I in Chicago, and it's like putting a rabbit in a briar patch. Yeah, now, you know, some of y'all been up north too long to remember what that means. Uh, but that means we're at home. Of course, y'all know my wife, uh, born and reared here in Chicago. And uh, we have a son here, granddaughter, so we're having a great time uh, doing some pawpaw time. Amen. Nothing like pawpaw time. I thought there was a time I thought I was going to get rid of these children, but they, they left and come back and brought some more folks with them. <laughs> so I've just concluded there's, there's no end to all of this. Uh, but I'm going to ask you to pray for a cousin of ours. Her name is Betty. She lives here uh, right over off of Hosted, uh, uh, over there. And uh, uh, she had purpose to be here, but she's been having some health challenges. And she asked me to ask the church. And anytime your kinfolk ask for prayer, I'm asking for prayer. Amen. So her name is Betty, and I wish you'd pray for her. Now, one final thing, and then I'm going to hit the ground running. I got a lot of stuff to do tonight and a little bit amount of time to do it in. Uh, so Shabazz wearing that funny blue mask tonight. My, my baby has allergies, is what it is. Uh, so she ain't going to kill over. Y'all ain't going to have to call 911. Uh, everything's good. Uh, but I encourage her to protect herself and, and to guard herself. Amen. I love my wife, and I want her to have a long, healthy life. And to do that, sometimes you got to go through some extracurricular measures uh, to protect yourself. Now, some people don't say, well, why she got that thing on? Get you some business. <laughs> she, she, she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. But I did want to give some uh, preliminary explanation as to why she's wearing that mask. Tonight, I want you to come with me. As you are aware, our climatic theme for this series of lessons is entitled That the, all the world might see him. And I've been on a mission this week to fundamentally and to practically get you to see the Messiah. I want to remind you that the Messiah, as he is called in the Chaldean Hebrew, is the equivalent of the Christ or the Christos in the classical Kone Greek. The Old Testament Bible there are over 2,000 messianic prophecies and every one of them is fulfilled in Jesus of Nazareth. Yes, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is not only the Son of God, but he is definitively and emphatically the Messiah. Amen. He is the anointed one yes. 
He is the one sent from the Father to this world to alleviate us of a problem that none of us can resolve. And that is, we are sinners. I am a sinner. You are a sinner. All mortal mankind are sinners. Some are penitent sinners. Some are alien sinners. But the definitive fact of the matter is all of us are sinners. And none of us are equipped to pay our sin debt. So Jesus sent, or rather Christ, was sent to be the Messiah, the anointed one, to relieve us of our sin problem. So what I've been doing this week, and I'm going to continue to do it the rest of this week, is just preach the gospel. What we need in the church of Christ today is the gospel. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing other. God intended to save men by the foolishness of preaching. And that preaching is predicated on the gospel. So on Sunday, my message from Isaiah chapter 53, the gospel according to Isaiah. On last night, I wanted you to see the gospel in Corinth. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to tell you what I told you. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to tell you what I told you. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. That's my introduction. Then I'm going to tell you that's my body. Then I'm going to tell you what I told you. That's my conclusion. And then I'm going to sit out. Y'all all right tonight? Smile every now and then and say amen. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to run through three contexts of scripture. I'm going to give you some historical background. I'm going to walk through three contexts. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 5 and Romans chapter 6. And our subject tonight, the gospel in Rome. The gospel in Rome. Stand on your feet and come with me to Romans chapter 1. And I'm going to commence reading at verse 13. Romans chapter 1, if you'll meet me at verse 13, I'm going to terminate at verse 17. And from this context, we're going to launch into this sermonic presentation on tonight. The Apostle Paul's epistle to the church at Rome. The time of the writing is about A.D. 58. Paul picked up his pen powered by inspiration, beginning Romans chapter 1. And if you meet me right there at verse 13, I'm going to read this from the King James translation. Are y'all all right? Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, how that oftentimes I proposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am now ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. 
For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Is that in your Bible? Amen. I said, is that in your Bible? Amen. So tonight my subject is the gospel in Rome. Turn to your neighbor, smile at them and tell them we're going to look at the gospel in Rome. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want you to know that the time of this writing was somewhere about the year of our Lord, A.D. 58, when the Holy Spirit of God fell on this first century globe-trotting academician known as the Apostle Paul. I say that he was a globe-trotter because you Bible readers will remember that during his lifetime, the Apostle Paul engaged none less than three missionary journeys where he went about Iconium and Lystria and Derby and Antioch and Pisidia and to parts beyond, preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and establishing congregations of the Church of Christ. I reference him as an academician because Paul was not an ignorant man by any man's measure. He was a part of the Sanhedrin Council. He had the privilege of sitting at the feet of Gamaliel and being indoctrinated and trained in the law. I want you to know that Paul was an educated, developed, and trained man in the Judaic law and a respected member of his culture and of his society. I call him a globe-trotting academician for those reasons. He was powered by the Holy Spirit. It was the manifestation and the fulfillment of the promise of Jesus himself when he said to his disciples before he went back to glory that I will not leave you comfortless, but I'm going to pray the Father that he will send you another comforter that we will arrest, abide and rule with you. He's going to do two things. He's going to remind you of whatsoever I've said unto you and he's going to show you things to come. Paul was a recipient of that kind of revelation and that kind of inspiration. I don't know about you all, but when it comes to salvation, I I don't want to hear I feel, I think, I believe, this is how I see it, this is how I interpret it. God don't care nothing about how you and I see it. God doesn't want any script or rather any lip. What God wants is script. And so I want to know what then does God want and we find that out as it is revealed by the Holy Spirit of God through these inspired men. Paul wrote Harvey a masterpiece. The book of Romans is definitively a masterpiece. Scholars have called it his magnum opus. They've called it the compendium of New Testament Christianity. They've called Paul's writing to the church at Rome uh, the constitution of New Testament Christianity because here Paul does three things. He explains masterfully the doctrine of justification, of sanctification, and of glorification. 
He teaches us we are sanctified. Listen to me, church. I'm so sorry that we've given the world the, world the impression that Christianity is somehow a meritorious system. Let me tell you something. You'll never be able to attend enough worship services. You'll never be able to attend enough Bible studies. You'll never be able to repent of enough sin. You'll never be able to do enough righteousness. You'll never be able to do enough holy works. I'm not saying that we don't need to attend services. Of course we do. I'm not saying that we don't need to try to be holy. Of course we do. But what I'm saying to you is that you will never live godly and righteous and holy and pious enough to earn your place in heaven. The only way any of us will get to heaven will be by God's amazing grace. So we are sanctified. We are set apart for God's holy usage. And not only are we sanctified, but we are justified. When God looks at those who have been baptized for the remission of sins and added to the church of Christ, when he looks at us, it's as though we've never committed sin before. We're justified. I want everybody to do this. I'm covered in the blood. Come on one more time. I'm covered in the blood. And the only way you can be safe is if you're covered in the blood of the Lamb. Then he teaches the doctrine of glorification because one day it's going to be God's to call and every man to answer. It doesn't make any difference what your view is of Christology or your view is of theology. It doesn't matter whether you believe in God, Christ and those things spiritual. When the final consummation of all time comes, we're going to have to get up out of the dust of the earth and stand before God naked and give an account of this life. Our words, our works, and our ways, we're going to have to account to God. And so Paul masterfully explains sanctification and justification and our ultimate glorification. But he sets a premise. And the premise is found in chapter 1. And I want you to know that the premise upon which the doctrines of justification sanctification and glorification are built is the gospel the gospel is the foundation the gospel is the foundation y'all don't hear me tonight I said the gospel is the foundation upon which all the rest of this stands pull the gospel out and what you have is a bunch of people in a place but you don't have the power unto salvation so give me a minute here let me go back to Romans 1 let me tear it apart let me rip it up and put it back together and I want you to see his introduction now Paul said now I don't want you to be ill advised I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. There were a lot of times where I wanted to come to Rome, but the Holy Spirit would not let me do it. I was let hitherto. And the reason why I wanted to come to Rome is so that I can have some fruit among you, just like I've had among other Gentiles. 
I want you to know I feel like a doulos slave. I'm indebted to both the Greeks and to the barbarians, to y'all smart people, the wise, and to the uneducated, the unwise. Boy, don't y'all make me preach here tonight. Let me tell you something, don't you know the church is the only place where we all on equal ground? I don't care how many degrees you got. I don't care if you never darkened the door of a schoolhouse in your life. When you walk through them doors, we all on equal ground. Yes, to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I want y'all to know I'm ready to preach the gospel. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm ready to preach the good news. Now here's the good news. The good news is about the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Paul, why are you not ashamed of the gospel? Because it is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. The power is not in people. The power is not in the man. The power is not in the person. The power is not in his method. The power is in the gospel. Wow. The gospel. Why aren't you ashamed, Paul? Because it's the power of God. Well, why do I need the power of God? Because it is the power of God unto salvation. Unto your deliverance. The gospel is the power. Somebody say the gospel is the power. I don't think y'all getting this. I don't think y'all getting this. Look at that word power. It, it, it's from, y'all young people, Google it. It, it, it. The word power is the Greek word dunamis. And in this context, the word dunamis or power means ability. It is the ability of God to save us. Amen. The gospel is the dunamis, the power, the ability to save my soul. The gospel has the ability to save your soul. The gospel has the ability to deliver you. The gospel has the ability to rescue you. The gospel has the ability to pull you out of the muck and mire of sin and degradation. The gospel has the power to change your life. The gospel has the power to turn you around. The gospel has the power to raise you up. The gospel has the power to make your life anew because there's power in the gospel. Come on, boss. It's the power of God unto salvation. For who? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein, 
therein, in the gospel. Somebody say the gospel. In the gospel is the righteousness or the right doingness. If you want to know the how to do right, ness. You got to turn to the gospel. You can't get no rightness from Ayanna Van Zandt. Ayanna don't mean no harm, mean no harm. But compared to Jesus, huh? You can't get any right doingness from Oprah Winfrey. Oprah, I don't mean no harm. I respect you, but compared to Jesus. You can't get no righteousness from Phil. Dr. Phil. Not compared to what you can get from the right doingness is in the gospel. So Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation of everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Just shall live. The righteous shall live. The holy shall live. The people of God shall live. God's children shall live. By faith. faith. And it's got to go from faith to faith. The just live by faith because the faith by which the just live has come from faith to faith. It comes from faith to faith so that you can live by faith. But you can't live by faith if your faith does not come from faith to faith. When it comes from faith to faith, then you can live by faith, walk by faith, talk by faith. But it's got to go from faith to faith. Now, I know that messes a lot of people's minds up because there's too many faiths in there, right? Too many faiths in there. Faith, faith. Faith, faith. You get all confused. You just close the Bible. There's too many faiths in there. Faith, faith. Well, stop paying. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this now. Stop paying to the faith, faith, and watch the from to. Watch the from too. Because whatever the faith, faith is, it's got to go from faith to faith. So if you quit concentrating on the faith, faith, and learn about the from too, if you can find out what the from too is, you can understand the faith, faith. Are y'all all right? Well, let me just make this simple. Let me just make this simple. It's got to come from faith to faith. So you can walk by faith. Y'all all right? And if it don't come from the faith to this faith, it has no business being in this faith. You shouldn't be walking in any faith that did not come from faith so you can put it in this faith. So if it ain't in this faith, I'm not putting it in this faith. 
Y'all ain't going to help the preacher here tonight. So then the just shall live by faith. Is that all right? And let me tell you something, Harvey. If you learn how to walk by faith, if you walk by faith, you ought to be able to look back and say, I live by faith. But if you ain't every day walking by faith, then you ain't got no right to look back and say, I live by faith. That's why David said that the word is a lamp to my feet. Because you need some everyday light. Y'all ain't going to help the preacher here. And it becomes a light to your path. Because God wants you to see where you're going. But you don't need to see where you're going if you can't see where you are. So you got to have some light for your everyday feet. Then God will provide some light for your path. And you ought to be able to say, I live by faith. Are y'all all right? So look here, man, you need some of this. Sir, ma'am, you need some of this here. Just hear him, just hear him. You need some of this. You need some of this gospel. You need the gospel because it is the power of God on the salvation to everyone that believeth. Now I'm going to have to skip over some of this because this believeth really, let me say this, and it shall suffice. If you stumble over it, I'll come back and deal with it more intricately. But I want you to know that the believeth is in the past or continuous tense. And since it's in the continuous tense, it's a continuous state of action. You believe and keep on believing. You obey and keep on obeying. I ain't much church, but I'm trying to keep on obeying. And if I fall down in my obeying, I'm going to get up and start doing me some obeying. And if I fall down in my obeying, I'm going to get up and dust myself out and I'm going to keep on trying to obey. Are you following me? And listen, y'all God-fearing, Holy Ghost-filled, heaven-bound, hell-proof members of the church. If I fall down, don't kick me. Don't please, don't kick your brother. Don't kick your sister because they fell down. Like you ain't never fell down before. All of us either fell down, falling down, or gonna fall. Huh? So, so look, 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 don't kick me if I'm down. Give me time to get up. Dust myself off in the power of repentance. And then I'm gonna keep on walking and obeying in the faith. Do I hear an amen? Okay, so I got to move on. So I, the, gospel, the gospel's in Rome. The gospel is in Rome. The power of God under salvation is to come to Rome. It's in Rome. Now, let me talk to you scholars. Uh, let me talk to the scholars here for a minute because I don't, I don't have time to get all to the intricated uh, theological implications of uh, the Pauline literature that bears the name uh, of, of, of Paul. And I'm aware of the fact that these are probably 
uh, disciples from the first Pentecost after the resurrection of Jesus in AD 33. I'm also cognizant of the fact that Paul had never physically gone to Rome himself personally before. The man had already went and gone and done told you I wanted to come there a bunch of times, but the Holy Ghost said no. So that's good enough for me. Do I hear an amen here? So I don't need no theological debate about whether Paul had ever been established a church in Rome. The man had already went and gone and told you I tried to come, but I couldn't come. Amen. Amen. But I'm coming now and I'm coming with the power of the gospel. Huh? And so, so, you know, on, on the first Pentecost after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, Asia, uh, Cretes, Arabians, you know, there were Romans there. And they probably obeyed the gospel and they took the gospel back home. But now Paul's in town. Yeah, Paul getting ready to come town. And, and, and Paul wants to talk about the power of the gospel. Give me a minute, and I'm going to be through here in just a minute. Be patient with me. I'm going to try to get you out of here in a timely fashion. But somebody here tonight needs to understand some things about the gospel as it was revealed in Rome. Is that all right? But come on with me. Y'all come on. Let's go to chapter 5. Uh, I really, really want to go to chapter 6, but I can't go to chapter 6 without you understanding Paul's concluding argument in chapter 5. And if I can get you to, to understand Paul's concluding argument in chapter 5, then I can take you on and give you the point that I want you to get in chapter 6. Uh, so what I want you to do is I want you to go to chapter 5. That's Romans chapter 5. And uh, when you get there to Romans chapter 5, uh, and when I find it, I'm going to tell you so you can find it. Uh, Romans chapter Five, that's the book of Romans, uh, chapter five. And uh, down in Romans chapter five, yeah, there it is right there. I want you to meet me at verse 17. Romans 5 and 17. Now, I don't want to go through the first 16 verses. I wish I would have time. If I had time, if this were an adult Bible class, I would walk you through verse by verse because Paul was a master at theological argumentation. Paul wouldn't just give you no opinion. Paul would take a position and then he would prove the position or argue the position. Now, the position is of justification, that we are justified by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's his position. But beginning chapter 5 and verse 17 is an argument, his concluding argument argument about this position. Brother Boss, what did you say the position was? I'm glad you asked me again so I can tell you again. The, 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 the question or the proposition is of justification. We are justified. Look at me, Church of Christ. Y'all need this point. You might not even know it, but God had y'all come to Harvey Church of Christ tonight just so y'all could hear Brother Shabazz teach this point because some of y'all living like you ain't saved. And when I say to you, I'm not talking about the wrongness that you're doing. That's not what I'm talking about. When I say you're not living like you're saved, I'm not talking about that. God already knew you was going to do wrong. Every round-eyed, slope-shouldered, two-legged, put his pants on one leg at a time, man or woman, going to do wrong. Even you Holy Ghost-looking folks tonight, sitting up here looking like you don't know nothing about sin, ain't fooling nobody. You ain't got it together as much as you think you do. Did I tell you I love you? I love you. I love you. I love you with all my heart, but I'm going to tell you the truth. You ain't got it together like you think you got it together. You ain't got it together. I said you ain't got it together. 
I'll prove it. Ask them folk that live with you if you got it together. <laughs> They'd be happy to tell you. Need more work. That's all right. Baby, I'm trying to work on mine. So Shabbat, I'm, baby, I'm trying. That's all I can tell you. But one thing your husband wants you to know while I'm trying, I'm saved. I'm saved. I ain't trying to be saved. I'm saved. I'm going to prove it in a minute. I'll be there in a minute. Romans chapter 5, beginning verse, what did I say? That's what I said. That's what I said. Come on, bro. You look like you're going to look, Doc, Doc. We're going to read tent meeting style. You know, don't do the bare white thing on me now. <laughs> don't these brothers will go bare white on you, you know. Trying to get them a woman and everything, you know. <laughs> this ain't the time for that. This ain't the, no, this some foot stomping, knee smacking kind of preaching. Yeah, yeah, come on with it. Uh, Romans 5 and 17. Read. For if, if by one man's offense, if by Adam or one man's offense y'all got that yeah. see the one man is Adam he sinned and he explaining what happened to you and me because of Adam's sin y'all all right so he called him one man for by one man what offense offense death ring that death took ownership yes sir it took ruler Ship because of one man's offense. offense. Yeah. Read. Death reigned by one. But it reigned because of one. Yeah, that's right. Read. Much more they wish. If you can understand that right there. <laughs> I'm just trying to break this down so everybody can get it. I'm not trying to offend nobody. But I need you to get this. I ain't standing up here sweating. It's a nice suit. I ain't sweating it out and y'all don't get it. <laughs> I don't mind sweating it out, but I, but if I declare if I sweat it out, it's going to be because y'all got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's how I might well going to sit down. I ain't no need no being standing up here trying to be pretty if, if y'all can't get it. Read. Much more which. Which much more which? They receive abundance uh -huh. of grace and of the gift of righteousness. See, you going to receive the Doran or the gift of grace and it's you're gonna get it in abundance Amen. and that's what it's gonna take to take care of this one man's offense All right. All right. you don't just need grace you need an abundance of it huh come on of grace and of the gift of righteousness yeah shall reign in life by one yeah it's gonna come by this one jesus christ that's how it's going to come. Yes, sir. By Jesus. Yeah. Read. Therefore, as by the so, hold, offense. Hold, hold. See how Paul argues. Paul sets a minor premise mm -hmm. and then introduces the next minor premise by saying, therefore. Therefore. The word I'm after yeah. is why the therefore yeah. is yeah. therefore. Yeah. Yeah. And if I can find out mm -hmm. what the therefore is therefore. I can understand his concluding argument. Read. Therefore, Therefore, as by the offense of one judge. What I'm telling you is by the offense of one, that's Adam. Read. 
Judgment came upon all men. All of us. To condemnation. Were judged to condemnation. Because of one man's offense. And that one man was Adam. Now I couldn't fix it. And I got a news flash for you. You couldn't fix it either. Nobody but Jesus could fix it. Come on, bro. Even so. Even so. By the righteousness of one. By the right doingness of one. The free gift. He, the right doingness of one is a free doron. Came upon all men. What he did is going to come upon all men. Or oh, it's available to all men. Or oh, it's open to all men. It's embraceable by all men. If you want the abundance of grace as a gift to cover the one man's offense. I don't know about y'all, but if he offended, I want some cleanup. Come on now. Amen. Y'all, 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 did y'all miss that? If I'm in this dirtiness, I want some cleanup. Yeah. God hooked up in Adam's mess. Got enough mess of my own. Hooked up in his mess. Huh? Mess me up. And I'm going to tell you something, brothers. I don't have time to get into this. There was a dynamic lesson. Don't get up in my face talking about Eve, the woman made man stumble. No, it was the man's fault. You know why? He wasn't being a man. Because it was his job to lead. He should have said, sister girl, go somewhere and set your entire self down. God said, leave that tree alone. God said what he meant and he meant what he said. I love you, baby. I love you. You my sister girl. I love you, baby. I love you more than anything. I love you. But you need to go somewhere and set your entire self down. Leave that tree alone. And I'm going to tell you something else. Y'all brothers quit walking around and talking about sisters. They got their place. The sisters. Sisters, they're trying to take over the church. These sisters ain't trying to take over the church. These sisters don't even want them to take over the church. What they want you men to do is do your job. Y'all leave these sisters alone. Leave these sisters alone. These sisters got just enough sense to know when they ain't being led nowhere. I don't mean no harm. I'll be going back to New York on Thursday. That's all right. I'll be going back to New York on Thursday. I'm saying, sisters, I'm with y'all. I'm brushing by with y'all, man. I ain't fooling with these brothers. I love y'all, but I ain't fooling with y'all, man. Sisters get stuff done. You hear me? I'm not fooling with y'all. If all the sisters leave the church of Christ, my sermon next Sunday going to be entitled, Finally, Brethren, Farewell. I ain't fooling with y'all, man. These brothers want to hold a six-hour meeting about giving a sister $25 to help her own her utilities. I ain't sitting in no meeting for six hours talking about whether we're going to give a sister $25 to help her. That's, I'll give her $25. Let's adjourn the meeting. 
Amen. Sister and got behind on her utility won't sit up all the time. I wish she got two televisions. I don't care if she got 15 flat screens. <laughs> if she can't pay her utility bill, she's going to be sitting in the dark. Let's help the sister keep her utilities on. Right. Amen. 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 I ain't stupid. If she keep running back by the utilities, then I'm going to stop giving her fish and I'm going to teach her how to fish. Well, well. I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. Hmm. That right, bro. Yeah. Come on, let's finish this up here, man. Come on. Even so, even so, by righteousness of one, of one, the free gift, the free gift. He's the Doran. Come on. Came upon all men. This gonna come upon all men. Read until justification. Until see, I told you he was he's the justification. That is justification to appear as one. Has never sinned. But that comes through Jesus Christ and through the gospel. Are y'all all right? Now, one more last thing. How can I get in some of this? I, I can't let you go home till I tell you how you get you some of this. You know what it is, but how do you, I, I gotta tell you how to get it. Don't y'all know what it is? It's the gospel. What is God? The power of God. What did it do? Lead us to salvation. Yes, how we get? By Jesus. Yeah. But now how can I get me some? Y'all don't want to know? Yeah. What's wrong with y'all? I need to know. Amen. If I, if another reason but to tell somebody else. Amen. Let's go to Romans 6. Let's go to Romans 6. See, see he's, you see how Paul walking the way through this for us? Yeah. Chapter 1. Yeah. You know, I jumped over some chapters. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I, I just, I'd be here all month. Yeah. And all year. And you've made it clear that I'm to preach this meeting and get out of town. I, you, you made that clear. Uh, Florence made it clear. He told me, I love you, Shabazz. You're my man. Preach the gospel. Then I want you to go home. <laughs> That's all right. He's getting ready to come and preach a meeting for us in New York. I'm going to tell him the same thing. I want him and Ponder. Your, your room good? Your transportation good? Your food good? Your accommodations good? Good. Now get out of town. <laughs> get out of town. Romans 6, let's take off at verse 1. What shall we say then? So what are we going to say then? Right, right, right. Shall we continue in sin? What, 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 what are we going to say about all this? Right. How are we going to feel about all this? What y'all going to do? Just get up and go home? Like ain't nothing, ain't nothing happened? You got all this information. You're going to get your little self up and just walk home like ain't nothing happening. Mm. Really? Mm -hmm. How do people do that? Well, I'm going to cut my chances. Your chances ain't cut well. Because it ain't but one free griff. And you don't get to choose what it is. Mm. It's Jesus Christ. What's, what are we going to say about this? Shall we continue in sin? You're just going to keep on doing what you've been doing? That grace may abound. So that grace don't mean nothing? Read. God forbid. God help us. Amen. How shall we? How can we? That are dead to sin. Who done made up our mind that we are dead to the high-handed, presumptuous, a premeditated practice of sin. Dead. We dead to that kind of stuff. High-handed. Presumptuous, premeditated, purposed, 
planned sin. I'm done with that. I ain't, I ain't doing that. I ain't saying I ain't sinning, but I don't plan on plan on sinning. I ain't going to say that I ain't going to sin, but I don't plan on sinning. I don't want to sin, but I ain't going to plan on sinning. If some things go down, I'm a man. <laughs> but I ain't planning on it. <laughs> stop, with this, stop messing with this woman right here. See that girl right there? You mess with me all day. I don't care. Don't mean nothing to me. Don't mean nothing to me. You ain't got no hell to put me in or heaven to send me to. It don't matter. I don't care, but I don't get, I don't get bent out of shape by folk messing with me. So what? Don't mean nothing to me. I can, I can look at you and don't even see you. And I learned to stop taking things personal. You know, I'd have had a few birthdays, and I've been at ministry for a little while. I, learned, I had to learn this the hard way, but I stopped letting y'all upset me every Sunday. Because so some of y'all can't upset folk. Come in in the kinkity mood and the objective state. Some of y'all come to church on Sunday ready to argue with a brick. No, the brick can't talk back. Come up in the church, look like you're sucking on sour lemons, like you're just mad at the world. I ain't done nothing to you. You're having a nightmare. I don't want to be in it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But you know what God has taught me? See, there are some people can't love me because you don't know how to love yourself. So I stopped taking it personal. See, a lot of times the stuff you taking me through really don't have nothing to do with me. Did I tell y'all I love you? It's because your life tore up from the flow up. And misery love company. Don't ruin my day because your day ruined. I got enough ruined days of my own. So I stopped taking it personal. You, you know, your life all tore up. And then you come to church and you want to make other folk unhappy. Yeah. Talking nasty. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm going to say it different. Talking nasty. <laughs> Y'all know how church folk can talk nasty. <laughs> you know, you ever talk to somebody, you, know, you laugh, now what's your problem? Y'all ain't saying amen. I, <laughs> I, done, I ain't been here since Sunday and I done seen some of y'all go through that. <laughs> yeah, I saw you. That's all right. Sometimes you got to give people a little space. Amen. Come on back next Sunday, try it again. Amen. Is that all right? Amen. Yeah, but you know, you just got to learn to think like that. They having a nightmare. Just tell them you don't want to be in it. <laughs> and go on about your business. God, I don't plan to sin. mess with this girl right here. It's going to be some furniture moving and some misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? My wife, uh, my wife, is in the ministry because I brought her. I'm the preacher, right. not her. Amen. No, I'm my children. Amen. You don't get all of us for the price of one. On <laughs> the only reason why she coming because I brought her. Uh -huh. And I love this girl. She ain't never asked much of me. Only thing this woman, this good woman, has ever, and I've tried to keep that promise, Sister Shabbat, only thing my wife has ever asked me is, baby, please don't make me live in the ghetto. 
And I ain't mad at her for it. And God been good to us because we ain't lived in the ghetto yet. Operative word, yet. Come on, bro, let's finish this up. God forbid. God forbid. How shall we that we dead to sin live any longer therein? Why? Read. Know ye not? Not don't you know this? That so many of us were baptized. That as many or so many of those who were baptized into Christ. Read. Were baptized into his You were baptized into his death. Now I'm gonna tell you what he's getting ready to show you. What he's getting ready to show you is that Christ uh, died. Christ was buried. Christ rose again. Y'all follow me? And baptism is in the likeness of the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ. Because if you want the power or the ability of the gospel that saved, that is the abundance of free grace and free gift, you've got to obey that which is similar to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Well, I believe we're good. But that ain't enough. Amen. Somebody said, but I'm a believer. Well, if you are a believer, then you are an obeyer. That's what a Bible believer is. An obeyer. Huh? Somebody said, oh, huh. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Good. That's with your mouth. What you going to do with your life? First thing you got to do is in the likeness of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Come on, bro, read. Therefore, 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 we are buried. We, we, that, because we, we, we are buried with him by baptism. With him by baptism or in baptism. So, somebody say, I got it, preacher. I got it. We buried like he was buried. I want to hear you say, I got that, preacher. Christ was buried. Do I hear an amen? Amen. We got to be buried. Do I hear an amen? amen? Read. That like as Christ. The reason why we're doing that is because like Christ what? Was raised up from Christ the dead. Christ was what? Was raised up. He was raised up? From the dead. So you got to die to sin and then you got to get up from your burial death. Huh? Christ was buried. Somebody say Amen. But Christ rose. Somebody say amen. amen. We're buried in baptism. Somebody say amen. amen. But you got to come up out the water. Amen. I ain't drowning in that water. Amen. I love him. I'm going down, but the plan is to come up. Amen. But look at the fruit of coming up. Read. By the glory of the Father. By the glory of the Father. Even so. Even so. We also, we also should walk in the newness should of life. Should walk how? In the newness of life. How? In the newness of life. I ain't what I used to be. Amen. I've been born again, man. Amen. I've gone down in the water like the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They killed him. He died. Buried him in Joseph of Arimathea's borrowed tomb. Got up on the third day. And got up declaring all power and authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something else. I got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Amen. 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 Jesus, a bad boy. Yes. He went down there to Hades 
and went to the devil's house, kicked down the door and whooped him for three days and three nights. And when he got through whooping him, he stepped up on resurrection ground and said, now nah, the battle's over. All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And in case y'all don't think I whooped the devil, I want you to know not only did I whoop him, but I took his house keys. I got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And the last enemy that's going to be destroyed is death. Death has devastated a lot of us. Death has hurt a lot of us. A lot of us have lost people that we cherish and love and that were intricated part of our life. And we had to go through the pain and the misery of separation and transition. And we had to learn how to get along with them. Death ain't nothing but an enemy. But I promise you at the final consummation of all time that God is going to bring an end to that kind of hurt and pain because the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Then we're going to the land of no more. No more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering. We're going to the land of no more. Amen. So, so I, think you, I think that suffices. Uh, I, need to, I know I need to go a little bit further. I know that. But, but, but I think that suffices for y'all to see death bear. So baptism. Somebody say baptism. Baptism. Is in the light. Uh, and then uh, we're in Romans 6, right? Uh, yeah, come on, come on down a little bit further before, because I need to get down around 1214. Come, come on. For if we, if we have been planted together. If we, see, now I want you to notice this. He starts using words like, somebody say buried. buried. Words like this right here. Somebody say planted. planted. What's up with that? The words buried and planted are etymologically associated with the history and the meaning of the word baptism. Now, come on, church. Now, I'm one of the preachers. I don't mind you shouting, but I need you to go to school first. Anytime you hear Brother Shabazz preach, now we got to go to school, then we can go to church later on. Now, etymology is the study of the origin or beginning or the history or the use of a word. That's what etymology is, how we got the word. Why do it mean that? How did it get to mean that? Are y'all all right? That's etymology. So I got to talk to you about the etymology of the word baptism. Somebody say baptism. Yeah, it's from the Greek word baptizu. Yes, Somebody say baptizu. Now I want y'all to listen to me real close because some of y'all think y'all all right because you're saying, well, I've been baptized. All this stuff he's talking about, I've been baptized. Have you? Have you really? Let's measure your I've been baptized to the teachings of the scripture. Y'all all right? I, did I tell y'all I love you? I love you. I love every I'm not trying to be no smart aleck. I love you. But I love God more. And I'm going to obey God rather than man. And I would hope you do too. Is that all right? So I got to talk to you about the etymology, the origin, the beginning, the history. The word baptizu, let me tell you the etymology of it. In antiquity, they would, uh, they would have very substantive material, heavy material, garments. So heavy, they would pass it down from generation to generation. And the subsequent, which means those that came after, Generations would use that material, but they would change the color of it. So to change the color of a handed down garment, they would take a cauldron pot, fill it with dye, bring it to a bubble, and then they would take the garment and they would do something called baptizu. They would immerse the garment beneath the dye. They would plant it beneath the dye. They would bury it beneath the dye. So that when the garment came up, the whole garment 
was a new color. Now, sisters, y'all help me. If you want to change the color of this garment, you can't sprinkle it. Because it ain't changed. It's spotted. If you want to change the, the, the color of this garment, you can't pull down it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Because the garment's not changed. It's stained. But if you baptize it, if you immerse it, submerge it, plant it, when it come up, it's new. Are y'all all right? From that etymology, we got baptism. So we are buried in the likeness of his death, planted together. So you can't have gospel salvation power if somebody pours water on you. I, did I tell you I love you? It's impossible. You, you, you can't have gospel power or ability or salvation if somebody sprinkled water on you. Because that's not a planting. It's not a burial. Somebody said, well, who said you had to do that, God? I'm glad you asked me that question. God, now I'm sorry, I'm, I apologize that you offended, but I would rather tell you the truth than to stand here and teach you a lie. Amen. And I'm just doing it because I love you. You don't have to love me back. That's not a prerequisite of my love. You can go home mad at me tonight. And I'm, 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 I, love, I love your mad self anyway. And ain't nothing you can do about it. I love you anyway. But I tell you this much, I hope you won't sleep when you go home tonight. <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope you twist and turn. I, I hope this, this, he make me sick, talking about planet. Uh, make me sick, talking about buried. Three o'clock, make me sick, talking about buried. 4.30, I'm talking about being planted. Make me sick. I hope you stay mad at me till you come back here and get buried. <laughs> and be planted. Because it doesn't matter what I want, that's what God wants. Amen. So you can see from this context that the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, we meet that, uh, uh, and it's an action of faith. We're buried in, in water. Get from me, Revelation 1, 7. Uh, and, and then I'm going to be finished. Let me tell you what happened. It's an operation of faith. Somebody said, well, I, went, I got baptized, but I didn't see nothing in the water. You're right where you're supposed to be. God ain't never asked you to see nothing. It's an action of faith. What, what God does, he does by faith. He washes away my sins by faith. Yeah. I don't have to see all the lying and cussing and drinking and gambling and I ain't going to tell you what else I did. <laughs> I, when I was in the world, man, I wasn't no devil. man. I was a faithful devil. You hear me? And I didn't party neither. I partied hardy. And I ain't in the church because I wasn't having fun, man. I was having fun in the world. I loved to dance. And right now, I just, you know, I dance at home with Sister Shabazz. Y'all think the preacher ain't got no swag. I know. I know I keep my swag at home. 
And that girl, that girl dance up a storm right there, right there, man. She taught me how to, you know, all that, you know, all that, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. She taught me all that Chicago step. Y'all kill me with all that, you know, all that. <laughs> Y'all kill me with all that. All of those Chicago stepping, you know. All that kind of, I love y'all deep. Y'all make me sick with that stuff, man. You know, you ever heard of the Detroit Hustle? I ain't gonna start nothing. So, so, so the, the revelation, but let me tell you what happens when you're in the water and then I'm done. Let me show you what happens when you're in the water. Revelation 1. It's a, behold, behold, he cometh with clouds. He cometh with clouds. In every eye. In every eye. Shall see him. Shall see him. And they also. And they also. Which pierced him. Mm -hmm. In all kindreds of the earth. Yeah. Shall we, shall well. They're going they to cry because of him. Read. Even so. Uh-huh. Amen. Yeah, come on, keep on reading. I am Alpha. I'm Alpha. And Omega. I'm the beginning. The beginning and the end. And the end. Read. Saith the, the Lord. Which is. Which is. And which was. Which was. And which is to come. And which is to come. Jesus, let me tell you something. Jesus died, but he'll never die again. He's forever. And when, when you die, you will never, ever die again. Amen. You'll live forever. Amen. Amen. I spend my time in funerals nowadays trying to get people to understand the doctrine of eternality because all of us are eternal. The $64 million question is where will your soul spend eternity? Y'all all right? I ain't got to my verse yet, bro. Come on. Yeah. I, John, uh -huh. who also uh -huh. am your brother, uh -huh. and companion in, in tribulation, tribulation, and in the kingdom, and patience of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm headed to verse 9, yeah. Come on. Was in the aisle. I was in the aisle called Patmos. Come on. For the word of God. For the word of God. And for the testimony of Jesus. Uh-huh. Come on, bro. I was in the spirit. I was in the spirit on the, the Lord's, Lord's day. day. Read. And heard behind me. What did I hear behind me? Voice. Great voice. Great Yeah, come on. Saying, I am Alpha. I'm Alpha. And Omega. Omega. The first. The first. And the last. And the last. And what thou seest. Uh-huh. Write in the book. Uh-huh. And send it up. Unto the seven churches, yeah, which are in Asia. Now, bro, I missed something here. Now I'm, I walked over my verse. I got to find this verse, and you start praying right now. I find this verse, cause if I don't find this verse, you gonna have to read the whole first chapter of Revelation. It's all right. it's uh, verse five. I ran. I ran past it. My apologies. It's not your fault. It's our fault. Uh, <laughs> I took. I took my share. One five, Revelation one five. Come on. And from Jesus. Yeah, that's the one from Jesus. Who is the faithful witness? He's faithful. And the first begotten. First begotten from the dead. And the prince of the kings prince of the earth. Prince of the kings of the earth. Read. Unto him. Unto him. That loved us. That he loved us. And washed us. He did what? And washed us. He, Jesus loved us and he did what? And washed us. He washed us. From our sins. From our sins. How did he do it? In his own blood. In his own blood. I came in contact with the blood of Jesus by faith in the waters of baptism and now I'm covered in the blood. Y'all can talk about me if you want to. I'm not the man that I used to be. I've been covered in the blood of Jesus. I've done some wrong things, but I've been covered in the blood of Jesus. I've been some wrong places, but I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. I've been around some bad bends, but I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. I've acted out some days, but I'm covered in the blood of 
Jesus. I've made some mistakes, but I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. I've been separated from the covenants of promise, but I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. I'm a member of the kingdom of God and covered in the blood of Jesus. And on the days that I don't walk right and talk right and sing right and pray right and preach right and teach right and love right and live right, I'm still covered in the blood. That's what God wants for you. Listen to me, that's what God wants for you. Doesn't matter what I want, that's what God wants for you. God wants you to obey the gospel. He wants you to have the power and the ability of the gospel. You might have a lot of other things to work out, but what you need to start out is obeying the gospel. You need to start out coming in contact with the blood of Jesus. And then you and the Lord will work out the rest. Do I hear an amen here? But you, I tell you one thing I do know is nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You get nothing because you vested nothing. This is where you got to start. Obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You got to hear the word. Romans 10 and 17. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You got to believe it. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You got to be buried in the liquid tomb of baptism after you repent of your past sins and confess your belief in Jesus as the son of the living God will bury you in the waters of baptism. And when you arise, you arise a new creature in Christ Jesus. And Jesus will add you to the church. I'm not arguing with you folk about the church. I love you. Did I tell you I love you? I'm not standing down here all night arguing with y'all about the church. I love you with all my heart. The Lord ain't got but one church he ain't never had one church. He ain't never going to have but one church. I don't care if you mad at me. I don't know. I understand why you mad at me. Because I tell you that the name of the church is Church of Christ. When everything that you own got your little raggedy name on it. Everything you own got your name on it. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Your credit cards, your mortgage, your rent, your cars, everything you own. Uh, and them little no-neck monsters you call your grandbabies got your name. Oh, everything you own got your name on it. Then you're going you gonna, to you know, you gonna, you gonna turn your nose up at me because I tell you that Christ died and bought a church. Right. All you did was have some children that brought you some children. He died for his. I love you anyhow, and you're going to get mad at me because I tell you that the name of the church is Church of Christ. Any self-respecting woman is happy to wear her man's name. Yeah. Amen. I met that girl right now. I decided I was going to take her home to mama. I changed her name. Yeah. And everybody in my house is Shabbazites. <laughs> All of them got my name. All of them got my name. This Gite right here became uh, a Florenceite. I know he did. He called me one day. He said, "Boz, I'm gonna change your name." I said, "You better go on with your bad self, boy." Amen. It shows ownership, possession. Amen. Amen. And the church belongs to Jesus. Don't belong to me. Don't belong to me. I'm just be a servant in it. I'm and I'm going to tell the world until I die about the power that's in the gospel. And I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying you'll obey it. I'm praying tonight you'll get up down and walk down these aisles. Give me your hand. You give God your heart. Somebody here today, tonight came to hear this message. And the water's warm. It's waiting on you. The power of the gospel has been waiting on you. God's just been waiting on you. You know why God been to you? Be around him. God said, oh, been good to me. Do you know why God been good to you? Because he didn't gave you time. He didn't gave you space to make the right decision 
and get it together. Somebody, well, I got some problems. Well, welcome to the world. We all got some problems. Anybody in here tonight ain't got no problems? Amen. Those of you that say me, you are lying. The truth ain't in you. Amen. All of us got problems. All of us wrestling with something. So that's no excuse. And I'm praying.